Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free while lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. and welcome back to the latest episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast. This is a podcast dedicated helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. And well, my friends, today it's just me here today. There's no guest, just a solo episode. And so what I want to talk about here today is I've made references several times this year to a $1 million acquisition. Yes, a $1 million acquisition I made nine years ago, right before the financial crisis. Now, I would like to pass on to you some of the lessons that I've learned along the way as well as some of the things I am currently doing that I think you might find interesting. So let's take you behind the velvet rope and let you into this exclusive club. And so my friends, it's so interesting when you take a look at this whole wide world and you try to decide where do you wanna put your money. Now, I'm not just referring to traditional stuff. There is so much more. I think really when we look at wealth, there's two different ways to really create it. Now, the first is awesome. It's the slow but steady route. This is the traditional way. That's saving each and every month. You're socking away some money. You're slowly building up your wealth over time. And hey, perhaps if you're making a ton of dough, you can do it significantly in a really short period of time. And we have friends that are surgeons that are making dollars $300,000, $600,000 a year and more from their day gig as a physician. This person certainly can save tons and tons and tons of money, minus the taxes, of course. But many of us can't do that, and that's not an option for us. And even those people, particularly if they have a lot of student debt, they might want to consider something else. And this is the other method that I call wealth creation. So you see, my friends, there, there are so many ways to go about the process. The one that I personally advocate is through equity, that you build yourself in your own business. And if you think about investing in general, right, there's really two different categories that you invest in. Either you own something, meaning that you have equity, or you loan someone else money, meaning that it's a form of debt. And so I've seen plenty of people that have made money by loaning out to folks that are somewhere else in the world where they couldn't get access to credit. And in many cases, they're making 13, 14, or even 15% a year. However, there's some risk that comes with that, right? It's not risk-free. And certainly defaults when you're charging a higher interest rate can be higher, meaning that sometimes the person you loan money to can't pay you anymore and the loan, poof, just goes away. So that's bad news, my friend. And, and often there's no collateral like a house or a property to fall back on. 
when you lose it, you lose all of it, right? And so I've seen other people in comparison to the debt that we're talking about, create wealth in real estate by investing in rental homes, by investing in surgical centers, by investing in their own practice. And personally for me, outside of, of course, my primary residence, I have stayed away from real estate at this point. However, I am gaining more and more of an interest and we're looking at investing in buying our own building for our practice. And I'm also getting more and more of an interest in land, which you'll have a podcast coming out here soon talking about investing in land rather than rental houses. So anyhow, um, to this date, I have been focused on acquiring and building businesses. And in my primary business, I own it. And so I have a good deal of equity there. Now, naturally, of course, that's not the only thing that I am personally invested in because we have a plenty of money going the traditional route, the liquid route, where you can get your hands on your money easily. And we save hundreds of dollars of there every month, and sometimes we lump some thousands of dollars of there via that good old traditional route, and we've built up a nice amount of dough. So that is still important, my friends. However, for me, I got to this point recently where I just wanted to jumpstart my goals. I wanted to make more and more progress than the pace that we were going at. And I, I talked about a bit in my previous podcast, my faith and my finances, how my wife and I, we made certain choices with our money. And so this slows us down some. And these choices which are good choices, but they've led me to the conclusion that I can't retire at a super young age based on what we are doing today, based on the traditional route. So needless to say, being a numbers geek that I am, it's constantly on my mind, how can I speed that up? And so I've been looking at a number of different things. As, as I looked at my last business acquisition, well, honestly, it really didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. And so if you measure it in terms of rate of return and what I've gotten, it's actually been quite good, well over 10%. Despite the struggles, despite the agony, it really has provided a nice rate of return on investment of the acquisition. And of course, we've been living off of most of that money, which certainly makes it not a true, true investment in the sense of saving the cash that you're receiving. So frankly, when I went into it, I was expecting like a 30% rate of return, which would have allowed us to save tens of thousands of dollars every month. And needless to say, well, it didn't turn out that way. So as I've been evaluating myself and where I'm going and who I am and what I enjoy and what I'm passionate about, one of the mistakes that I see a lot of people making is they blindly invest when it comes to own private businesses, like private equity, meaning that it's a private company that they're invested in. And here's the thing, my friends, the major mistake, the major mistake that I've seen people make in private equity is they are not involved. I'm pounding the table here. They're not involved with it. It's like a truly passive investment. They hand over the money, to the company just trusting that the process will work out and hoping that it will, believing that it will. Maybe they've talked to people in the past that it had for. 
The problem that I have with this concept is that this is illiquid. They're not involved with the day-to-day -day operations. They can't just simply sell the investment. They can't liquidate it and move on to something else. Once they are in, they're locked in for good or for ill until the management team allows them to liquidate it. In this situation, you are at their mercy. And so in my opinion, with these kinds of illiquid investments, you need to, you have to be involved in the day-to-day -day ops, the operations. My friends, the risk is simply too great. You need to be the management team or at least on the management team so that you can decide when you want to sell it. And as I look at myself and my situation, I don't want to just blindly hand over money to someone else for their company. I want to build my own. So what should I invest in? And frankly, for myself, I mentioned I have a mild interest in real estate, but I'm not a contractor. I'm not someone who's well-connected with people in the construction industry. And yes, though I am an Eagle Scout and I have dozens of merit badges to prove it, but frankly, I'm really not that good with my hands. And honestly, I really don't enjoy the handy stuff. But what I do enjoy is businesses, evaluating businesses, finding ways to make them grow. And I have a passion for marketing as a way to serve and to give to others. And I have a passion for coming up with new ideas and using my mind to try and think of new products and new ideas around them. So I, I'm constantly wanting to do more. And so I thought to myself, how can I use that energy on something that's not full time, but could be used to generate wealth. So I was surfing on Facebook one day uh, with these thoughts just swirling in my mind. And I came across a company for an ad um, for a business called Empire Flippers. And they had an advertisement for a business for sale. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I go and check it out and peruse. And it's like, hmm, this is kind of interesting. So I set down my iPad and go do something else and Came back a couple days later, and you see what they did, which was smart, is they retargeted me with an ad that came up again. So I checked it out some more. Well, they had a podcast, so I started listening to the podcast, and this had a really good content. And I quickly found out that Empire Flippers is a business broker, meaning that they're an intermediary between people that buy and sell businesses. So they don't just buy and they don't just sell any kind of businesses. These are specifically online businesses across a variety of industries and interests. So I was scrolling through. I said, all right, well, you know what? I need to learn from my last mistake. Obviously, I don't want to go and make a huge investment again with getting a much lower rate of return than I was expecting. So here's the lesson, my friends. I, I want you to take away first lesson. Don't invest a huge portion of your net worth in illiquid stuff. Thus, for me, I was looking for investments that were under $100,000. And I was surprised that there were a whole bunch of different postings. 
Now, one of them was a blog, a content-oriented blog, trying to add value in Forex, which is foreign exchange trading. And I thought to myself, oh, well, that's kind of interesting. And I walked down the hall, talked to one of the guys in the office and said, hey, you want to check this out with me? See if it's legit or not. And so we go, we look over it, and it was legit. Um, this was a real business. So we went down, put down a deposit, and in this particular case, they require, Empire Flippers, requires a 5% deposit just to start talking to the business owner once you've had a chance to review over the financials. So this is refundable. Uh, you can get your money back if you don't want to proceed any further. So you're not locked in, which I like that. So we go ahead, go ahead, put down this deposit to find out more about this business. Now on the business broker website, you can see a really nice amount of detail even before you put down the deposit. So for example, you can see website traffic. You can see how much money they made in revenue as well as profit. And once you put down the deposit, you can get full access to the financial statements and talk with the potential seller to ask lots and lots of questions. So I said, okay, well, we'll explore this. Let's, uh, let's just see what it's all about. Now, because this was a Forex company, it's financially related. And I have an interest there. And I was thinking, well, maybe we have some opportunity to utilize some of the stuff that we already got, right? So a few days later, I set up a meeting with the caller. And what was interesting about this gentleman is it turns out that a lot of content on this site was old, at least old in terms of the World Wide Web. So the, the postings were from like two or three years ago. There was nothing nothing in the last six months. And on top of that, I was trying to figure out how the heck this guy was making money because there were no ads on the website. So I was sitting there, was scratching my head and I was asking the question, how is this guy making money? Is this just like a scam? I was like, oh my gosh, what have, what have I caught myself into now? Now we do some due diligence. We sign up for the email list, and that's when we found out that he does a lot of advertising through his email list and not on the website itself. He sells other people's products to his email list all the time. Which, by the way, this is not something that I have done. Uh, this is called affiliate marketing, where someone pays you, the person who has an email list, to send out emails to certain parts of your subscribers. So needless to say, I don't like spam. I'm not really a big fan of that, but yet according to the financials, this guy was making like 50 grand, 60 grand, even $70,000 a year, only spending like a few hours a month doing it. It's like, dang, well, that, that's pretty good. I like that money. I like that profitability, uh, but obviously I didn't like how he was making the money. So I said, you know what? For the right price, anything is possible. But let me explore with my compliance folks just to make sure that I don't get any trouble. Uh, so what they did, they said, nope, can't do it. Um, and so in this particular case, um, the affiliates were constantly trying to sell Forex software. And so that was an absolute no for me. And that made my hemming and hawing an easy out. So what happened next, I requested my refundable deposit back and it took about a week later to get that. 
And so once I received it back, I was like, you know what? This business broker is legit. Uh, these kinds of opportunities are legit and I just have to dig deeper. I know there's a better opportunity out there than the one I had just looked at. And I don't wanna do any affiliate marketing and spam people, that sucks. Let's find something that's actually useful. And so I was poking around and having learned my lesson on what I can and can't do, I found another website that was not financially related whatsoever, where they specialize in themes for websites on this platform called WordPress, one that I'm familiar with and use. And this was another business going for like 60 to $70,000. It wasn't a ton of money, and it was money that I could lose without having to worry about it. But in this particular case, I ran it by one of my immediate family members who's into web stuff and he's a programmer. And so I asked him via email, say, hey, I'm looking at this. Let me know what you think about it. Would you be interested in partnering together? And what happens? He takes a look. And his reaction was, oh, let's say muted. <laughs> kind of like, meh. Not really, was he all that interested in it? But then he starts looking through more websites and he found one that he was really excited about. So he goes and he calls me and his voice was just so excited. He was stammering. There was a tone in his voice that was just infectious. There was just such joy pouring out of him about how excited he was for this opportunity. And this one was above the amount of money of what I thought about investing in. As a matter of fact, this particular opportunity was going for $130,000. And I molded over, I said, the two of us, $65,000 each, we, that's not gonna work. We, we'd have to have at least a third person because I don't wanna risk that amount of capital, but let's take a look. So we ended up looking into it, we ended up putting down a deposit, and it turns out that this particular company is a mobile game development software. And so we got to be really interested in it so much so that we did buy it. So here's my lesson number two, my friends. In learning from my past, I asked, what if things don't work out as projected? I wanted to ensure that we were protected if they didn't because I don't want to get into a position where the business is not paying for itself. My friends, that was my caveat. I don't want to do extra money out of pocket beyond the initial investment. The business has to pay for itself. So I don't mind putting money down, but that can only be part of the purchase price. And so with that remainder, I did not do what is called owner financing. So, what essentially this means is you're borrowing money from the owner and then it gets amortized, just like a car loan or a mortgage. You owe an exact amount of money each and every month. I wasn't going to do that. And on top of that, the amortization schedule is usually really compressed, like in one year or two years. So if things go south, if things don't go as projected, if things don't go as they did in the past, this investment can turn into a sinkhole where you constantly dump cash to pay the seller. So as we started discussions with these folks, I said, you know what, let's put down 50%. And then we'll do 50%, the remainder, on an earnout basis. So that still means that we have to part with a good deal of cash. 
but that's only part of the deal. The remainder comes from monthly payments that are based on the performance of the business, usually a percentage of revenue, gross profit, or net income. So let me give you an example. Let's say you bought a business with a revenue of $100,000, which when you look at a valuation of that, you come up with a valuation of $200,000, all right? So the business price that you buy it for is 200 grand and you're targeting a 50% earnout, just like I was, and you wanna spread it out over four years. So you put 100,000 down, 100,000 earnout. Now you're spreading that earnout over four years, so that would be $25,000 a year, assuming that the business performs as it did. But let's say you had a bad year. Let's say that revenue wasn't 100,000 like it had been. Let's say it was $50,000. So you would pay 25% of the 50,000, so 12,500. So you're not on the hook. And even better, the seller is highly incentivized to keep the business moving in the right direction. And so I think my main lesson for you, my friends, as physicians, as you look at opportunities where you can invest in something outside the box, whether they're employment contracts or something else, when it comes to negotiation, you have to be willing to walk away from the deal if you can't get the terms that are gonna make it work financially to make it be a win-win situation. You have to be willing to not be tied emotionally to it as much as possible. And learning from my mistakes, learning number three, lesson number three, I know that my stopping point is where I'm going to have to be putting extra cash into a private investment within a short period of time because I have to, not because I want to. Wanting to is a different deal. And so... My friends, I have my own primary business to worry about, right? I don't want to have a second one in case everything's gone to hell in a handbasket. Well, here we are two months later, and we have closed on the deal. And we ended up doing 60% down 40% earnout. So we came to a good situation. So it's been doing well. Uh, it has been doing worse than projected. Uh, and I'm going to get into the numbers on a separate podcast. But needless to say, I am happy we stuck, stuck to our gun, guns on earnout, And we're early in the game too. So we'll see how things go. So now let me have you pass further behind the velvet curtain. Let's go into the VIP room, my friends. So how did I finance this deal? So for my portion of this money, I decided to do something I've never done before. Use credit cards. That's right use credit cards. Why the heck did I do that? I was inspired to do so by my good friend, Amanda Lou, who you can still find her post at drwisemoney.com. She utilized 0% interest rate credit cards to save tens of thousands, if maybe not hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest on her student loans. And I never even considered something like this until I met her a year ago. So I looked at this opportunity. I thought, hmm, what if I use the bank's money at almost no cost rather than my own? This was just too tempting 
to pass up. This, my friends, is my experiment within my experiment. <laughs> and initially, what did I do? I tapped into a $50,000 business credit line at the bank in order to get the money immediately. This does not come at a small cost. Every month, they're charging nearly 7% and more with rising rates. Yuck, right? So I quickly got on the ball to explore my options. Obviously, I could use my cash to pay that off. So that's one option. But I also wanted to do this experiment within my experiment. So I checked out different credit cards at magnifymoney.com to find the best 0% interest rate credit cards. And I had several criteria, okay? Number one, I want to be as long a term as possible, right? In case things go badly, I have a lot of time to pay it off. Number two, of course, it has to be a 0% interest rate. Number three, no annual fees. Number four, no transfer balance fees. Well, I'm sad to report, I did not find that unicorn credit card that met all those criteria, but I did find one that met three of them, the City Simplicity credit card. It has a 20-month term of 0% rate and no annual fees. However, it did have a transfer balance fee. So I put together a spreadsheet to show how that balance transfer fee would uh, fee not feet, fee, would compare to my brand new shiny line of credit that, of course, I had just tapped. So what you'll see if you look on the, the show notes on the, the webpage for this podcast, you'll see that I had $12,500. That was that 0% interest rate credit card. And then $20,000 that was in the, uh, the business line of credit. And so uh, that 0% interest rate credit card, the balance transfer fee was 3%. If we annualize it, that's only 1.8. Savings of more than 5% over the credit line. Big deal. So needless to say, I immediately submitted my application. I was immediately approved on February 24th for the credit line of $13,500. So I go, I try to get the cash moving. Unfortunately, I couldn't. I had to wait for the stupid credit card. And I felt that this part of the process was deceiving because City's website, honestly, it was horribly clunky. It wasn't friendly to use. And uh, that was a little frustrating. But finally, a bit over a week later, here I received my beautiful, new, shiny blue, new 0% interest rate credit card, and I promptly submit that $12,500 request from this thing on March 3rd. So I originally applied the 24th, got the card on the 3rd, sent in that um, money. And so my $12,500 balance, because I didn't want to tap all of it, just some of it, just in case, again, this was a screwy deal, and they charged me $375 balance transfer fee. So that $12,500 turned to $12,875. So I put a screenshot on the next page if you want to check, on, if you want to check it out on the uh, website. Can you see how it said the puppy was pending? I did not get the money immediately. As a matter of fact, I checked day after day after day after day. A week goes by. 
I'm sitting a little bit on pins and needles here, right? They haven't transferred the money yet. So I'm starting to get nervous. And I wonder if this was the right move. Another few days passed by. And finally, as of March 14th, 2017, the funds from the credit card company showed in my bank account, which I used immediately to pay down the credit line. It took three weeks, three weeks from start to finish and cost me a couple hundred bucks in interest on the credit line while I was waiting. So my friends, here's a fourth lesson for you. If you're doing something like this, give yourself a lead time of two to three weeks if you wanna use 0% interest rate credit cards. And I would probably subtract a month from their offer. So the 20 months really became like 19, right? So I immediately followed Amanda's suggestion which she says, put a reminder in your calendar a month before the credit card is due to make sure that puppy is paid off because we have to allow ourselves a lead time of like a month, all right? So uh, again, you can see the screenshot. Uh, what was uh, interesting about this is time passed by. I got uh, my first bill from the business line of credit and the credit card company, and the bill was close to 400 for the business line of credit, the credit card close to 200. So between the two, $600 a month in payments. And for this business that uh, last month is paying me close to $1,000 a month in income, this gave me plenty of wiggle room. However, here we are now, we're two months in the process and I'm still sitting on the business line of credit. And of course the Fed raised rates not too long ago. So the 7% that my business, uh, that the bank was gonna charge my business line of credit turned into seven and a half percent. So luckily we still got plenty of money in the bank and I am highly considering paying that all off. I've also considered, well, what if I did another 0% interest rate credit card? But you know, I've never done this before, so I'm still skeptical and uh, thus I'm leaning towards paying off that approximate $20,000 remaining on the credit line. And so my friends, those are my experiments. I'm gonna do more and more of them over the next few years and let you in behind the journey. And we're gonna be, you're gonna be getting exposure to more and more of those as time goes on. So I would love to know from you, as you look at investing outside the box, what are you doing? What are you thinking about? Would you consider something like these different website businesses? Um, there's a few, obviously there could be more. There could be medically oriented ones. There can be sports oriented ones. There could be entertainment oriented ones. Some that are fulfillment by Amazon and all kinds of other businesses. So I would love to hear from you. I would love to learn more about your lessons. What has worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? So we can pass this on to other doctors. So my friends, let me know what you think. For the Freedom Formula for Physicians Podcast, this is Dave Denniston. And remember, my friends, remember to slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Signing off for now.